The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice of America listeners, welcome to the 246th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's ahead for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, an event of the week that I covered from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is the combination of golf and football, both in full swing. And uh, we'll start with the Travelers Championship, which is underway down in Hartford, about two hours from where I'm standing. And uh, Travelers is always just a great tournament. Uh, held its amazing pro-am yesterday and uh, on Wednesday, excuse me, and uh, full of UConn icons from the basketball side like Jim Calhoun and Kevin Ollie, to former and current coach, as well as people like Doug Flutie and the Dropkick Murphys uh, lead man. So it is uh, always special, to say the least. And again, uh, the tournament's underway. The weather looks good here in New England. And uh, always, always a great tournament. I also had the pleasure to attend on Monday the Deutsche Bank Championship Annual Media Day with Ricky Fowler, the first ever defending champion to come to Media Day uh, in the year after he won it. And uh, he was just so impressive. It really made for a tremendous event where it was held outside on the practice, on the uh, driving range, which was just really cool outside press conference with seating and everything. You don't see that every day. And, uh, and it wrapped up with Ricky Fowler, uh, uh, hitting, taking target practice, uh, for some prizes and whatnot. Uh, and he, it was just amazing to watch how quickly, uh, he hit these targets. He didn't need much time 
And uh, then he spent a lot of time talking to the media, both before and after. And he is just uh, really likable. He's so mature. And I know a lot of us still have the image of Ricky Fowler, uh, you know, with the longer hair and, uh, you know, with his trademark Puma bright colored gear, usually orange. Uh, and he's still all of that. Uh, but, you know, he's also just extremely likable, again, very mature, uh, handles the media beautifully, and handles his role as uh, not only a golfer, but a golfing ambassador. And, uh, you know, just a great press conference. Uh, he, of course, talked about the Olympics, where golf is going to be a uh, sport this year for the first time in forever. And uh, really just got us, uh, us, the media, all excited to watch the Olympics and see how seriously he and others are taking it. And uh, so, yeah, now let's not forget that Ricky, uh, last year when he won the uh, Deutsche Bank on Labor Day, literally Labor Day, it's the only tournament of the year that ends on a... Uh, that ends on a Monday, uh, sent over a case of champagne to the media tent uh, within minutes after the uh, tournament ended, after he uh, won the trophy, walked off the green, and then he himself came into the media tent, uh, held a champagne toast, and again, I've never seen that before, and I've covered a lot of golf tournaments over the years. So, as you can tell, I've become a big Ricky Fowler fan. And uh, it was great. And then just to wrap up, uh, golf, the PGA Championship uh, was finished up down in Baldusrol, and uh, the PGA just did an amazing job uh, getting it in by end of day Sunday, given the crazy weather. I was down there last week, and, uh, you know, the, the combination of brutally hot weather combined with then the weekend rains were just uh, made for an incredibly stressful and crazy type of event. Uh, a lot of golfers golfed 36 holes on Sunday. Ricky was there, Ricky Fowler, and uh, he, he didn't uh, finish near the top, but he also went to great lengths, as they said at the Deutsche Bank press conference on Monday. It was Monday morning at 11. Um, <clears throat> you know, he went to great lengths to get there. From Springfield, New Jersey, where the Baldusrol Golf Course is located. So, uh, again, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about his maturity and uh, you know getting up there from the PGA, given the crazy conditions of the weekend and all that. So, uh, yeah, it was great, great tournament, great finish. Uh, Jimmy Walker, who's won five tournaments. Uh, Led wire to wire, and a deserving first-time major winner, and really got the pressure put on him by defending champion and number one golfer in the world, you know, Jason Day, who had just an amazing eagle on 18 to trim a three-shot lead by that Jimmy Walker had to a one-shot lead, <clears throat> so... Serious pressure on Jimmy Walker to sink that final putt uh, 
for a par to win the tournament, but it was just a great, uh, you know, a great finish, to say the least. Um, the, my event of the week that I attended was the American Athletic Conference Football Media Days down in Newport, one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, beautiful Newport, Rhode Island, I should say. It featured its annual clam bake on Monday night, Monday evening, and uh, right off uh, looking at Newport Bay. It's just absolutely a spectacular setting. And then uh, all the coaches and a couple players from each team were there, a 12-team conference. And the most impressive part was just Commissioner Mike Oresco tackling in his, op- in his address to open the day on Tuesday uh, uh, to tackle the Big 12 issue just head on. And he was great. Just got right to it. Recognizes it for what it is. Did not dwell on it. But, you know, immediately uh, handled the elephant in the room. And he, like all of us, will just wait and see what happens. But uh, I have no doubts that the AAC will be well prepared for... uh, you know, for whatever happens. Um, Houston is the favorite to win the American Athletic Conference this year. They had a great year last year and uh, expected to come back strong again this year. And uh, some people were even talking about them. If they, they open the season with Oklahoma. We're playing very, very early on. And if they win that game, they could actually be in college football playoff contention. So we shall see what happens, but again, it's going to be an exciting year. It's always great to see Navy, the newest member of the conference there, with the uh, uh, midshipmen, the players in their dress whites. Uh, It's really just uh, special. There's no other word for it. Well, my low light of the week is the lead into the Olympics at Rio with the opening ceremonies tonight, but yet all anybody's still talking about is Uh, The Zika virus, the bad water, security issues, which is just dominating the coverage. And hopefully, uh, you know, this happens most every Olympics. The lead-in is always uh, tales of woe about all the things that didn't get done or problems that exist. But this is the worst ever, for sure. And uh, But then what typically happens is, you know, the Olympics start, the athletes perform, and you kind of forget about the other stuff. Uh, we'll see if that happens on this one, but uh, we're underway tonight officially with the opening ceremonies, but it actually has started uh, already, and that leads right into my uh, bizarre story of the week and a bad omen, which is uh, from yesterday with soccer that got underway, and the Brazil soccer team ended up in a nil-nil tie uh, with South Africa. Uh, keep in mind, they held Neymar out of the Copa. Uh, huge competition. Just so he could play for them in the Olympics. The Olympics are obviously in Brazil. They've never won an Olympic title. The men's soccer team, yet in many ways, they may be the most iconic soccer team in world history. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, we'll see where that all pans out, but I don't think anybody was expecting a a nil-nil tie yesterday. That's for sure for the Brazil soccer team. And finally, uh, just to wrap it up, within the last couple of hours, Tom Brady finally spoke. Uh, Everybody's been waiting to hear what he had to say. He had a surprise appearance at the 
Kevin Falk, Patriot Hall of Fame induction <clears throat> on Monday evening, and uh, where he wore a Falk jersey, uh, which was a nice thought given Falk wore a Brady jersey at the NFL draft. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was great to hear him then. It was great to hear him just this morning. Uh, you know, he's ready to go, even though he won't be going to October, uh, sitting out the first four games. So, uh, just good to hear him. He didn't like, again say anything uh, of note. He recognized the situation he has been in, is in, and will be in. Uh, but just good to see him in front of the media today. So with that said, let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm great, John. I'm great. I'm a first-time visitor covering the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction events. So I'm really wow. excited and glad to be here. I'll bet you are. Uh, your first trip to Canton, if I'm not mistaken? First trip. There's nothing like it. I had the pleasure two years ago, and uh, 
It's just wonderful. So I have to ask you, have you made it inside the hall yet? I went in yesterday for a little bit, browsed around. I'm, I'm going to try to go again on Sunday if I have some more time. But I was thoroughly impressed with the amount of time and, and the exhibits I got to visit with yesterday. It is very impressive. Uh, as someone who had the pleasure of covering the Steel Curtain era Steelers, uh, there's practically a Steeler wing <laughs> in, uh, yeah. in there, as I'm yeah. sure you saw. And, uh, you know, a lot of Patriots stuff. I'm, of course, uh, cover that team, too. And uh, But, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it is impressive. That is the word. That's the only word. Um, you know, it's modern. It's just uh, interactive. And, uh, you know, it puts chills in, you know, runs chills up your back. That's for sure. Yeah, it sure does. You see all the different buffs and all the exhibits and, John, they're going to have, I think it's a $500 million renovation project and building project, a, a nice hotel. I think they're going to do something with the stadium. So there's a lot happening here in Canton, Ohio. Well, that is fabulous. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people don't know this. Uh, I've always looked at potentially going out. So, you know, it's much more than what we're all going to see tomorrow night, which is, uh, of course, the induction, which is always great. And the speeches are just always special. There is no other word for it. And uh, then, of course, the game Sunday night. Good one this year, which is uh, uh, Packers-Colts, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's a whole week long of activity. There's, like, parades. I mean, it's a real slice of Americana is my impression. Uh, is that your general impression, too? Is it, like, you know, a nice mix of, a celebration of football, but with that sort of small-town flavor that Canton would bring? Absolutely. They had the enshrinees in uh, gold jacket dinner last evening at the Canton Civic Center, which holds about 5,000. There must have been three or 4,000 people there, John, for that wow. event. Uh, there was a fashion show today, which I would, like, would have liked to have made, but I, I was pressed for time. So I was unable to be there. There's a Tim McGraw Faith Hill concert at the stadium this evening. There's oh, a wow. parade eight o'clock tomorrow morning. It's about two and a half hours long, and there's a lot of participants for that uh, event. And you know, of course, they have the induction tomorrow evening, and then the football game uh, Sunday Sunday evening. Then they have some some uh, groups that are going to get together and discuss football. You know, some of the former Hall of Fame members. I mean, some of the you know Hall of Fame members, former players, and that, that'll be fun as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Canton is all in. I mean, it is their claim to fame, the fact that it houses the Hall of Fame. And uh, so, you know, to say the community's all in, I'm sure would be an understatement. You know that better than me. I've been to Canton, but I was not there for the Hall of Fame induction week and weekend. Uh so, AP, why don't we just start with who the inductees are? I mean, we, we all know why you're there, which is, of course, uh, mainly Kenny Stabler, who uh, played at Alabama, obviously played for the Raiders, and, uh, and you know, but there are, you know, Brett Favre. So it's quite a class this year, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, Brett Favre, I would say, is the main line person. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, that, you know, then you have... Um, a person from Ohio, Eddie DeBarlow Jr. Oh, wow. Yeah. Youngstown. Owner, owner, 
Youngstown, right? Yep. Uh, Tony Tony Dungy. That's a um, big one. Okay. And then and then you have his receiver, Marvin Harrison, for the Colts. That is a great lineup. Wow. And then, then you have Kevin Green, who will be the second person from Auburn to be in the Hall of Fame. And then you have from the Veterans Committee, along with Kenny Stabler, is Dick Stanfield of uh, the Detroit Lions, primarily. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that, well, that, should, that, that should be eight. We counted right here. Yes. That oh, sounds oh like I, I, forgot, I forgot one other. I forgot one other. Another Ohio native, Orlando Pace. Oh, wow. Ohio State yeah. and the St. Louis Rams. Uh, great player. One of the great offensive linemen ever, obviously. Uh, but why don't we start with Kenny Stabler? I mean, what do you see? And I'm guessing that obviously his family's there, without a doubt, as well as, you know, Raider Nation, I'm sure, is represented. Yes, yes. Quite a few of the Oakland Raiders have come back as well. Um, just you know, Art Shell and Ted Hendricks and Willie Brown. Um, I'm trying to think of some others that are here as well. I think Jim Otto is supposed to be here at this event. Of course, hmm. the, the principal owner, Mark Davis, is here. Kenny's hmm. family is here. His, his, his grandsons are the grand snakes, as, as, you, as they're called. One of them actually represented the family when they presented the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, crest last evening. Right. I saw highlights of that. It was awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there, there's, in the Raider Nation of here, I'm sure, in full force, uh, because he was so beloved. I mean, that's all you hear. I mean, you could always, John, you could always find one person that has something else to say, but everyone I spoke to, he, Kenny, just they love him, and they're sorry he's not here, but they're going to celebrate in his honor. Yes, I think he's one of the most likable players ever. I really do. Uh, I was not a Raider fan. I growing up in Pittsburgh during that crazy rivalry between those two teams in the seventies. But yes. you know, I, I never had oh, any any ill will towards Kenny Stabler by any means. I always respected his game, and at the end of the day, you know, likable. But you know, the ultimate fun guy is my impression of Kenny Stabler. If I had to put it in one sentence. Uh, oh, yeah, he embodied that Raider spirit, but it was funny because he was not one to, to trash talk. He was on the reserve side. I mean, he was all for fun, but he wasn't one of the players out there causing any mischief. Correct. And then, uh, you know, you know, another phrase I think of, you know, with all due respect, too, I mean this, is, you know, just the phrase, good old boy, you know? Correct. Uh, he certainly strikes me that way, too. So, um, yeah, yeah, nothing but good stuff to say about Kenny Snabler, Stabler. And uh, so, yeah, let me ask you, you know, but we also are talking a serious, serious Alabama connection here, obviously. Uh, he followed, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Namath. Is that correct? Uh, there was Steve Sloan in between. And Steve oh, Sloan Steve Sloan. Was quite a quarterback. Yeah, Steve, Steve was quite a, that, that was quite a trio. Name right. Sloan Stabler. I mean, all of them in the, you know in the Hall of Fame, All American. I mean, I don't know if Alabama will ever have a trio in succession as Namath, Sloan, and Stabler. And just out of curiosity, was that Scott Hunter follow Stabler? And then Scott followed Stabler. That's correct. 
Okay, so that's four pretty good ones in a row. I mean, he was pretty good too. Yes, yes. Played pro ball quite a few years, you know, about nine, ten years himself. He sure did. Absolutely. So it is the Pro Football Hall of Fame, yet I've got to ask, will there be like an Alabama type of presence there that you expect? or You know, John, I know there's a lot of folks from Foley that have come up from South Alabama. His hometown. Uh, yeah, his hometown. I'm not sure. But, John, here's something that I believe is true, that Alabama now has the most quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, those three. There's a, there's a handful of schools with two. And, you know, Alabama had Bart Starr and Joe Namath, but now you have Kenny Stabler. That's three. Wow. Yes, let's not forget. Bar- yeah, right. You just listed the, you know, let's not forget Bart Starr as well. Um, yes, yes. And speaking of Packer quarterbacks, uh, you know, Bart Starr, but now this year, of course, Brett Favre. And to just give you a, a sense of how big Brett Favre is, I just found this fascinating uh i happen to be watching the weather channel this morning and who do they have on none other than brett Favre, discussing his <laughs> most his biggest bad weather games and i just thought you know <laughs> now that's crossover right there <laughs> we always talk that's about cross promotion right <laughs> right we always talk about athletes quote crossing over into the mainstream yeah. when you're doing the weather channel as a former NFL quarterback, that is yeah. serious crossover. And, of course, he was great. I mean, he played in Green Bay, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and Green Bay is synonymous with, you know, crazy weather. So he was great. You know, when I took, boy, I mean, I when I said the phrase good old boy, maybe I should have held right. back on using it with Kenny Stabler because <laughs> Brett Favre may be the ultimate good old boy. Yeah, from Kill, Mississippi. I mean, just the town itself. Uh, exactly. I mean, you couldn't make that up, right, John? Kill, Mississippi. Exactly, it, it, and you know, you know, I mean, Brett Favre. I, I I always liked him, found him interesting. We all did, you know, respect the heck out of his career. But when I really, really saw him in a different light was when he was inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame last year. And let's not forget his exit from Green Bay was, shall we say, uh, different. And yeah. uh, but you know what I loved about him, and I won't soon forget it was. The way he basically knew every single person that worked at Lambeau Field, and I'm talking ushers and trainers and cafeteria workers and parking lot attendants, and he, you, you know, they showed him greeting all these people, and the love was obvious. He talked about many of those types of people in his speech, and this was only a year ago. This was last summer. So, yeah. you know, uh, and I interviewed Mike Sherman for NFL football operations story that I did. He's now a high school coach here in Massachusetts, but, of course, he coached Brett Favre. And, you know, <laughs> <Right>. Mike Sherman <laughs> loved. I mean, his face lit up when we got to talking about Brett Favre. And basically what he said, I'll never forget it. It's so true, and you know this too. He just said his number one attribute far and away was he showed up every single day for practice and for games. He he did, he never took a day off and of course he what played in 247 straight I believe. Yes, yeah, some ridiculous number. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, and and John, you know, I'm I I think it's it's a southern thing. I'm not saying somebody else from different part of the country has not displayed those characteristics, but many times it's somebody who's used to being around a lot of people, a lot of folks and it's just a natural way of, of living, you say hello to everybody. Right. Yes, exactly. 
Right. There's no, you know, airs about uh, doing that down south. And, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's just, he seems, you know, in the pantheon of current and former athletes, you know, I, I would put Brett Favre on the short list of people that, you know, seem like you could you could easily just sit down and have a, a comfortable and impromptu conversation just by starting with the word hello. It's just that simple with a guy like Brett Favre and Kenny Stabler for that matter. Yeah, yes, both of them. Yeah, they have similar qualities. They very engaging. Their teammates would do anything for them. They believed in their quarterback. Uh, had a conversation with Art Shell, and he said at the end of the interview, he "said My quarterback is going into the Hall of Fame. That's why I'm here. I wouldn't miss it for anything." I love it. My quarterback. That just about says it all. And you know, that's no small compliment coming from the first. Uh, African-American head coach in the NFL history, right? Uh, modern history, correct. That's correct. Yes. Art yes. So he's an icon in and of himself. He's in the Hall of Fame, it goes without saying, right? Yeah, right. And John, he, he told me so many wonderful stories. I'll just tell you a couple if you have a moment. But when he had the Super Bowl victory party in his hometown, he only invited two players. And one was, of course, his partner, on the offensive line, the great Gene Upshaw, another pro football team member, and Kenny Stabler. And, and Kenny Stabler, of course, showed up. So, so Art, he, he, he'll love him forever. I love for that, you know, Just for that uh, gesture. Right. That's great. Well, that is great, AP. Well, it's really great to get your perspective direct from, you know, the, the home of football, literally, Canton, Ohio. But uh, hard to believe we're through the first segment already. But why don't we uh, take our break, and we have a lot more to get to on the other side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, talking live from Canton, Ohio, where he is attending the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction week and weekend and uh, giving us some great stuff as always. And uh, A.P., we were talking about, of course, Kenny Stabler and Brett Favre as really the headliners to a certain degree heading into this weekend's tomorrow night's Hall of Fame induction. But, you know, we also have a couple other big names, you know, Kevin Green, Orlando Pace. Uh, I mean, Kevin Green, when I think of him, uh, you know, being growing up near Pittsburgh and being a Steeler fan my whole life, uh, you know, when he arrived in town, uh, Blitzburg was back pairing with, you know, Pairing with uh, Greg Lloyd, LaVon Kirkland. I mean, I won't say they were the equal of the Steel Curtain linebacking crew of, you know, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Andy Russell, and the like, but they were pretty darn close. And boy, those, they terrorized quarterbacks and none more so than Kevin Green. I mean, he was just a force rushing quarterbacks, period. Yeah, John, I think last night when they had the enshrinees. Gold Jacket dinner, they mentioned he had the most sacks of any linebacker, I guess. Exactly. That's just amazing. It's amazing. Um, He was great. Now, do you know offhand, did he come to the Steelers from the Rams? You know, John, I can't recall if he went to Carolina first. Oh, I think he did go to Carolina. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking Orlando (laughs) Pace was with the Rams, but, you know... um, Anyway, Kevin Green, he was, you know, it's kind of interesting in that he, you know, today he'd be called a bit of a specialist, but he was much more so than that. But as someone who was known for one particular, you know, uh, talent above all others, um, and for that to like lead him into the Hall of Fame, even though he was a great linebacker, good run stopper, good at everything. But, you know, the yeah. fact that he, uh, you know, um, you know, had that one towering talent and it basically got him into the Hall of Fame is just really tells you what a great, one of the great pass rushers of all time. Again, the leading sacker and leading sacker as a linebacker in NFL history. That is amazing. Yes, he was a, a defensive force, and, and John, he had kind of a modest beginning as a football player. I believe he walked on at Auburn, actually. So at Auburn. To reach, yeah, to reach the Hall of Fame as a walk-on college football player, that's, that's pretty significant. That's amazing. A walk-on yeah. uh, gets to the Hall of Fame. You are correct. I looked it up. He did uh, come to Pittsburgh from Carolina, and... Uh, but, yeah, he was, uh, you know, and he's had a nice coaching career as well. You know, I, uh, right off the bat, I know he coached at the Packers, but I think there's been others as well. Yeah, it's always nice when you can stay involved in the game. He's a very passionate player, and 
uh, he's one of these individuals I think was probably difficult to retire. So he's <clears> right <throat> in the middle of the game. Exactly. Hey, you know what? I wasn't totally wrong. He actually, uh, he actually did play for uh, the Rams for seven yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought. Yeah, so I wasn't yeah. wrong. No, no, in the 49ers too, right? The 49ers, John, was in there with the 49ers? 49ers, then back to the Panthers. So he started his career seven years with the Rams, and then uh, went to the Steelers where he really made his name. But amazingly, wow, he only played for the Steelers for three years, but what a three years they were, 93 to 95. Then back, then he went to the Panthers, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then 49ers, then back to the Panthers. Um, and then he did okay. coach for the Packers for four years. But, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing when I think of the Rams. And, of course, with, we're going to get to Orlando Pace next. But, you know, let's not forget also that the offensive star of those teams was uh, uh, someone by the name of Jerome Bettis, who came also <laughs> to Pittsburgh from the Rams. That's the, that's the comparison I was trying to make or the connection that both Kevin okay. Green yeah. – and Jerome Bettis, the core right. of those right. teams, uh, on offense and defense, uh, in many ways, came from the Rams. But anyway, speaking of the Rams, Orlando Pace, I mean, you know, I always remember him for the Rams. And, of course, he played in, uh, you know, the greatest show on turf, won a Super Bowl. Then, of course, was played in that Super Bowl loss against Patriots in 2001. But... You know, one of the greatest college football and pro, but I mean, one of the rare offensive linemen that basically became, you know, a household name in college as an offensive lineman at Ohio State. That doesn't happen very often. No, no. Blocking for Eddie George, I believe. Correct. Correct. And, and then if you noticed that he was the first player selected in the draft, so that was pretty, uh, a pretty good selection and he went out to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so. Somebody made the right choice. Absolutely, yes. Number one pick overall. Um, a man mountain by any standard, right? Just gigantic. He, Six seven, three seventy or something. Yeah. yeah, big, big man. It's funny. On the stage last evening, the president of the Hall of Fame, uh, Mr. Baker, he, he looked him eye to eye. He's a big man himself. Oh, Mr. Baker, I've met him personally when I was out yes. in Canton at the Hall of Fame. I was there for... NFL player engagements, rookie symposium right up the road from Canton. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Don Baker, right? I, I thought it was Dave, but... Uh, not Dave Baker, Dave, right. <laughs> Dave Baker. And, yes, yeah. he, a, a true mountain of a man. Dave Baker, as is Orlando Pace, to say the least. I bet they would die to eye. Yeah, I, I thought it was fascinating to have them both on stage and uh, to see them stand next to each other. Yeah, and Dave Baker, by the way, has done just an amazing job uh, since uh, he took over running the Hall of Fame a couple years ago. Uh, It's always been good. It's always been great. He's taken it to the next level, I believe. He has a a tremendous background and history in football. And, uh, yeah, it's been great to see. So, Uh, And Eddie DeBartolo, I'm guessing he's going to have a, uh, a nice Youngstown contingent driving right down the road come tomorrow night for sure. Oh, yeah, you can't help but celebrate a native Ohioan 
in, in, in you know, Mr. Youngstown. So, yeah, there'll be a big party tomorrow, tomorrow evening in Canton, Ohio. And Youngstown. <laughs> and, and Youngstown, right. <laughs> no doubt about it. Youngstown, of course, is, uh, let's never forget, the home of, uh, hometown of Boney, Bernie Kosar. And, uh, yeah, also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that's where Jerry Faust made his name and got hired. I think, I think he was coaching. Uh, he has some connections. I think he, maybe he coached Youngstown State. Uh, you know, and, but, yeah, Youngstown is a famous, famous football town for many reasons. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of football families from there. I know the Angelos are from there. Uh, Jerry Angelo was, a, I think, general manager of Tampa Bay, maybe, and Chicago. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there's quite a few football people. The De Niro's were from there. One played at A&M, one played at Alabama. They were cousins to the Angelos. And yeah, there's quite a, there's quite a few people from Youngstown went on to fame and fortune in the game of football. No doubt about it. Uh, does Maurice Claret have a Youngstown connection? Uh, he something? might. He might, John. I'm not exactly positive where he's from. I'm, I'm really not sure. Yeah, I'm not might, sure either, but something is telling me that maybe he does. But anyway, um, yeah, well, Eddie DeBartolo, you know, more than most any other owner I can ever remember, whenever his players talk about him, you know, they talk about him with such reverence. Like, he invented, in my mind, the treating your players like kings mentality that these days is most exhibited by Mark Cuban in Dallas. But I think it yes. began with Eddie DeBartolo. Yeah, similar style of management, and Mark Cuban, I guess, is from Pittsburgh, close by. That's correct. Mark Cuban is indeed a Pittsburgh native, and, you know, Eddie DeBartolo, I think, really helped create the ownership mentality that, you know, giving players basically anything they wanted to make sure they were comfortable that would allow them to perform at their highest level. It's just that simple. I think that was his, you know, basic philosophy that helped make him successful. Yeah, he, he gave you everything off the field to be, uh, you know, excited and, and glad you were part of that organization, and he expected results. That, that was his formula. Correct. Oh yeah, he, he's you know uh, he definitely expected, if not demanded, results, and he got them. Uh, multiple Super Bowl yeah. victories, and truly one of the great dynasties in the history of uh, of the NFL. And you know, Joe Montana, of course, is another in a long line of quarterbacks from the cradle of quarterbacks in Western Pennsylvania. And if I knew it, if I learned one thing, AP, growing up in Western Pennsylvania, it's that you know. Western Pennsylvania bleeding into Ohio and Youngstown and Cleveland and all that. It, they may be separated by a state line, but it is, it is one big region, that's for sure, and everybody thinks alike. And, and I've always felt that, you know, Eddie DeBartolo and Joe Montana were obviously of like mind being from the same general area, the Rust Belt. And, uh, yes, they had, yes. They had the same mentality, yes, they sure did. Same philosophy of life and hard work and, you know, you pick yourself up when something wrong happens to you, that never give up attitude, yeah, that's, that's part of their mentality. Right, and just as importantly, they're from an area where truly football is king, especially back in that era. 
still is, but nothing, that, that was its heyday, shall we say, back then. Yeah. You know, 50s, yeah. 60s, 70s, Western Pennsylvania was uh, the best, period. I think it was the best. It's no longer the case. It's the South now, it's Florida and whatnot, but uh, California, of course, but, you know, uh, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, I, I don't think anybody would dispute that Western Pennsylvania was the king of, uh, you, you know, football breeding ground, put it that way. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good football. I know they used to play that all-star game. They played a few times against Texas that year. Yeah, plus they played an annual game that I've attended many times. Still play it. I love it. Big 33, it's called. And it's uh, it's exactly what we're talking about. It's the 33 best players from Pennsylvania versus the 33 best players from Ohio. Uh, they play it at Hershey Stadium, as in Hershey Park, Hershey Chocolate, uh, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And uh, it's, you know, the list of players who have played in that. Reads like uh, the Hall of Fame, basically. Right, right, right. There's some of them that are residing in Canton permanently, right? A lot of them. A lot of them. Um, It was, you know, I grew up with the game, and boy, it was just bigger than big to this day. Like, you know, as all-star games go, I can't ever remember seeing anything bigger. But AP, hard to believe we're at the end of yet our third segment uh so why don't we take our final break now and we have a few more things to get to on the other side your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing, it's really two things. It's tonight's 
Olympics opening ceremonies from Rio. Uh, let the games begin. And also tomorrow night's Pro Football Hall of Fame induction in Canton, Ohio. Uh, I always love that event. I love hearing the speeches of the inductees. And uh, A.P. Stedham is with us as always, and he is in Canton, Ohio. Uh, A.P., going to be an exciting night. It's going to be an exciting, you know, 24, 72 hour period for you. I know you've already had fun in Canton, but now the real fun begins, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I uh, will look forward to everything from when I, we hang up the phone and, and interviewing some former coaches and players who were with Kenny Stabler from his days in Oakland and other teams, and, and then tomorrow the events, and, and of course the football game on Sunday evening is, is the climax of the weekend. You know, and uh, so I always wanted to come to this event, but I had one stipulation, and that was when Kenny Stabler was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and, and here I am. So I'm very fortunate. Well, that is wonderful. Uh, it's going to be great. I wish you, you know, just the best of luck. Uh, you know, and speaking of the NFL and pro football, I just want to mention that I had a couple of uh, NFL player engagement stories uh, posted in the last week or two. One was on the Tennessee Titans player engagement program, which was great. And uh, so, yeah, so that just went uh, up on the website this week, NFL player engagement, one word.com. And AP, just have a great time out there and uh, appreciate you calling in, giving us this great perspective. But what there are other stories, as always, you and I are college football specialists, so to speak. And uh, as always, there's activity and news in the world of college football. So what are you hearing? Well, Alabama has a situation where a defensive back, Maury Smith, he graduated from the university and wants to transfer to the University of Georgia because he knows the defensive backfield coach, Mel Tucker, and, of course, Kirby Smart was a defensive coordinator over there. Mel Tucker, I believe, is a defensive coordinator now. So he wants to transfer to play for some coaches that he's uh, grown to like and respect. But there's a rule in the SEC that Alabama adheres to uh, on a consistent basis. They don't let players transfer to an SEC school. But uh, wide receiver last season, he elected to have surgery and left the team and named Chris Black. And he wanted to use the exception which you can apply for to transfer to an SEC school. And he wrote the, uh, the letter, the school must respond within seven days. Well, he did it during the LSU week. And Alabama, I guess, apparently was scrambling to take care of all those things with LSU visiting. They did not reply. So on a formality, he, he was able to transfer to Missouri. And now Nick Saban is receiving uh, a lot of criticism for holding back Maury Smith and not letting him transfer to Georgia because there would be an exception involved, and he he's not in favor of of that happening because I, you know, like I explained, the Chris Black situation was really just a, a lapse by the Alabama administration to to take care of that issue. Yes, it has certainly been, uh, you know. Making the rounds, getting out there in the mainstream, no doubt about that, AP. Uh, 
this whole story in general. And yeah, I mean, it's good to hear your explanation because uh, Nick Saban is being painted as a you know bit of a villain in all of this, but it doesn't sound like that's really the case. Well, John, this is the way I've always felt about transfers. I, I believe why not if somebody has committed to your school and graduated, done everything that, that was required, why not let them transfer to any school regardless of the conference? So I think in the end, the school is the one who receives the negative publicity and they really it, are painted as being petty, I think. I agree wholeheartedly. It just seems to me like, uh, you know, once somebody makes it known that they want to transfer, the relationship is over. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not going to serve yeah. anybody's purpose, player or institution, to, to no. hold that player there, period. It's, no. just, it's over no. the minute they say they want to go, and especially if it gets out in the public. Yes, and, and then, John, now there's been some you know, bad things that have come out about his transfer. And I, I would say if you ask the league office or the president of the conference or the head coaches, you know, why was that rule established? Well, right. you'd have to look at the, at the merits. I mean, to me, I don't know exactly, but it's to protect the, the coaches against themselves and rating each other. You know, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. Now, from Maury Smith's point of view, I mean, you can explain the merits and everybody can agree or disagree, but it comes down to whose ox is being gored. So I'm, I'm sure he's, he's not in favor because you see coaches move from school to school on an annual basis. Correct. Correct. Yes. I mean, it's just, uh, right. It's commonplace with coaches and, you know, it's just uh, the way it works, especially in college athletics. And, uh, you know, there's been some famous ones. I mean, I, I think of one, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, you know, going back a bit, but didn't Troy Aikman start in Oklahoma and transfer out to UCLA where he made his name? Is that correct? He did. He, he broke his leg playing against Miami, I believe. And okay. then when, you know, maybe he saw the handwriting on, on the wall, there was, they had, I think, Jamal Holloway, and he knew that if Barry Switzer was going to run the football, that's not his style that's conducive to him being successful. So he transferred to uh, UCLA. Right. We all know the rest of the story, as they say. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, the list goes on and on. That's just the first one that popped into my head. I don't know why, but it did. And, uh, you, you know, but there are many, many, many over the years famous, famous transfers, both for good and for bad. And, yes. uh, you know, it's just, again, it, it's part of the landscape. Just that simple. Yeah. I, I really think if you were lenient with your transfer policy, you would reap the, the benefits on the other side. Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And on that note, AP, hard to believe we've come to an, the end of another show. But once again, thank you for calling in for your Great perspective, direct from Canton, Ohio, where you're there for the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction this weekend. And uh, just have a great weekend, AP. I'm sure it'll be memorable. Yeah, thank you very much, John. It's always a pleasure. And I'm so glad to be here in Canton, Ohio, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction event. All right. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. 
and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. 